Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my beef burgers. Welcome to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Bet365. My name's Marcus Speller. Jim Campbell's here. Hello. Jim Ball's here. And the beefiest of the ball is Pete Donaldson. Beefy! Bacon belongs in a burger. Hello, everybody. It's good to have you with us. As the music was just playing, Pete Donaldson thought he was at a South American football match and threw toilet roll at me. And a flare. He knew where he was. Unused toilet roll. It was the atmospheric sort of booster that I needed. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, it was this, it embodied the spirit of the 1978 World Cup in Argentina. (laughs) I think so. Which we're previewing today. (laughs) (laughs) I think Argentina might win. I think they knew that before that tournament as well. (laughs) 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 Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. Say no more. Uh, Of course we're going to talk about some footballs because we're nearly at the time of the week where most of it happens. The weekend. (laughs) West Ham in the London Stadium host West Brom. Mm. The Battle of Westeros. <laughs> yeah. Marcus won't know what that is, but <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, it works. It, it checks out. Is it nothing to do with the Pet Shop Boys? No. no. no, oh, no, right, no. Okay. Not, really. not this time for once. All right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. damn you all. Uh, Gareth Southgate's going to be at the game, which is nice to know. He's uh, presumably checking out uh, the likes of Antonio and Carroll. I mean, mm. big Andy Carroll. We like Andy Carroll. If he's fit, he should be on the bench at least. Yeah. He should be on the well, bench. He's, um, he's, he's struggling with a groin strain, though, isn't he? So he, <laughs> he might actually play. To, to my knowledge, <laughs> ever since he's come back from the injury he had, every time he plays, he seems to be nursing some sort of knock yeah. after the game. It just mm. seems to be like a, a part of the package with Carroll. He's a knock nurser. <laughs> yeah, he is, he really is. <laughs> That's quite normal when players have long injuries, though, isn't it? That they pick yeah. up little ones. All of his injuries are long. Up. He's a long man. Especially yeah, if he's called Andy Carroll. <laughs> in, yeah, um, in particular. My favourite quote around this game, if I could just share it with you, is mm. from Slavon Bilic, uh, where he said, we have a team that is working hard for each other. We have a brilliant atmosphere in the dressing room. Not because Pyatt left. <laughs> don't say it then yeah because yeah. now we're all thinking it is because of that yeah. <laughs> well, they've picked up though haven't they so it, I put to you is this the most successful Dimitri Payet migration we've, <laughs> we've seen in football it's needed I don't know the move from Marseille to West Ham was good yeah it was very strong <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I suppose smooth, that went better for them smoother than the, the latest one the other way around you mm. could say I, it's funny you mentioned Billich we'll talk a little bit about Leicester um, later on in, in, in the show but during uh, Leicester versus Derby, Steve McLaren's team talk was broadcast. It was, it was just shown. It was, there was no sound. There was oh, okay, yeah. But yeah. I, I thought that would be a great thing. And immediately, for some reason, I thought, I'd love to know what Sa- Slavin Bilic says to the players. Because uh, in one sense, you could see him going mad. Like, if it was a Chelsea halftime team talk, Conte would smash up the dressing room or something. Mm, yeah. But with Bilic, it could be something like that. Or he, you could just imagine him going round and, like, rubbing the players' heads. 
I'm playing, I'm, playing, well, playing you see this without the sound, you can just see his lips move. Yeah. He seems to be mentioning Fox quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or his guitar act, because he used to be in that band Raw Band. Yeah. He was spotted by a friend of a friend of mine who works for this, for my radio station, who um, saw him at a Green Day concert, sat next to him. There you are, I see. Okay. There you go. But I, I've heard uh, a couple of examples where the, the sort of behaviour of the manager at half-time mm-hmm. in the dressing room isn't as you'd expect. Apparently, um, someone told me that Mark Hughes like, never raises his voice. He's very, very measured. But you'd expect Mark Hughes to be a man who would lose his temper quite mm-hmm. a lot, but apparently he doesn't. Is it fair and to say John Sitton's the same? No, it isn't. John <laughs> Sitton's exactly as you'd imagine him to be. But Marcus, you also said on the show once about Alex Ferguson, where right? he just doesn't go mad when you expect him to go mad. And most notable example being when Eric Cantona kicked that Crystal Palace fan. Yeah. He just said, oh, Eric, you can't do that. Yeah. I just carried on. <laughs> but I mean, he did give him the special treatment. The, well, best, maybe, one, yeah, the yeah. best one, of course, is, uh, I, th- I think, was it in Roy Keane's book? He said the Ferguson always get it right. And we said it before, but mm. it's always worth uh, going over it. When they beat Spurs, was it 5-3 at White Hart mm. Lane? They were 3-0 down at half time. And he just walked in the dressing room and went, lads, it's Tottenham. Yeah. And walked out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I think it would be quite an interesting thing to see what goes on in, in the dressing room. I agree. But Especially just, if, it was, if it was Billich involved. To bring, it back, to bring it back to West Ham and, and the Pyatt thing. And they, they've, I think he left on the 6th of January and they've, they've won three out of four in the league since then. And they've won six out of nine. So they are in good form. They're, mm. they're, they're sort of doing... What you'd expect them to do, really, beating the teams that, that maybe they should be beating. And, and, They've kicked on. They're in the top half. Yeah. Well, do you think maybe that the ground pains from the stadium are, are done? Because they're sort of, you know, they're at a point now where they could have a respectable season, which, with the benefit of hindsight, is probably a more realistic game for this season than their initial one, which was of building on last season. Mm. Right. They can now look forward to sort of, you know, finishing sort of comfortably mid table. They'll probably, well, they will. probably not get into the Europa League. But, you know, that's, it's steady, isn't it? They yeah, they fin- well, they finished last time seventh, and they're ninth at the moment. I think they're about six points off Everton right, in seventh. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah, no, they, exactly. They, they're going to have an absolute fine season. But um, <clears throat> someone who's playing really well, I thought Lanzini would come into it a bit more now, Pilot's mm. gone, but I think he started the last game on the bench. But Pedro Abamyang was fantastic last time out, mm. and he looks a real player in, in that central midfield position who, at 24, is obviously mm. going to improve. So it's going all right for West Ham, and I think you know they should be confident going into this one. Mm. West Brom are having a great season as well under old Tony Pulis, and now they've mm. got Berahino off their books. So, so under the radar, like West Brom. I mean, I mean with the, apart from the fact they got pumped by Spurs in one of the best performances of the season, it's hard to think of anything else that West Brom have really done. They're similar, they've gone about beating teams they should be beating. Mm-hmm. They've lost games you'd otherwise expect to, them to lose. Um, Matt Phillips, as you said, Jim, on a number of occasions, a good form. You know, Darren Fletcher is one mm. of the most reliable players in the, in the Premier Defensively League. Defensively very sound. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and then you've got... <clears throat> Decent keeper. Got a good goalkeeper. Chris Brunt's got a great left foot. You know, it's, they're doing it. They do all the basics very, yeah, very well, don't they? they? Do. And also, Rondon's sort of dropped off a bit, and you imagine he'll probably come back into some some patch of form at some point. So I think there's more to come back from him, if that makes sense as he, well. Do they share the goals around a little bit, West Brom? Yeah, they do, score a huge amount. So. But that's that's the that's the beauty of that West Brom side because Rondon is not the type of striker that's going to get you 20 goals. He's got, this se- he's got seven this season. Yeah, so he'll do yeah. okay. I think that's the same as Crouch actually. Mm. Off the top of my head, could be wrong there. Um, but Rondon, he will, as you say, Jim, get go patches when he scores. I mean, he scored yeah. three in one game, of course. All with his head. All with his head. Uh, get the crosses in, lads. Um, but with that West Brom side, they've got goals everywhere. And let's put this into a little bit of perspective. Arsenal are 12 points behind Chelsea. Mm. West Brom are 11 points off a Champions League spot. Mm. Wow. There you are. Is it doable? Well, Wenger seems to think that the title race isn't over. 
West Brom are not that, hasn't he? But he does have to say that, but West Brom, Pulis thinks they can qualify Champions League. Well, listen, West Ham are 6 to 5 with Bet365 <laughs> to win this one. So £10 returns, £22 including stake. Um, so yeah, that's that's the latest on that. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, so yeah, it's a tricky one. Eighth versus ninth. But it's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the opening fixture of the weekend, isn't it? So that'll get us off to a good start, mm. hopefully. Yeah. West Ham have a very good record in this fixture as well. I think I think West Brom have only won once away at West Ham in, in the Premier League. Yeah, but they've so. not played them at the London Stadium. Well, quite. Yeah. Um, perhaps the weekend's thigh rubber is Liverpool versus Spurs. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, speaking of thighs, uh, did you see that uh, Liverpool fan with the? Um, Adam Lalana. I did. did. I quite liked it. it. There's a sweet story behind it, though. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what it is? No, I don't know what it it's is. It's basically it's a girl had this tattoo of um, Adam Lalana, but sort of as a llama. And it was because um, her friend was a, was a big Liverpool fan, and, and Adam Lalana was a favourite player, but mm. she, she died. And um, the, the girl who had the tattoo used to call him Adam Adam the Llama or something mm. like that to wind her up. But her friend also she you know she found it funny and was wound up by it at the same yeah. time. So it was a little private joke they had, and she she had it to sort mm. of commemorate that, which I think is lovely. Yeah. I think it is as well. It's nicely done as well. And I knew Pete would like it. <laughs> but listen, I've got Whoa, no, I've got no comment to make on the artistic artistic like, sort of quality of it. But you should not be taking steer from that man, my, whether it's good or not. My last tattoo was a drawing of a video game character that was performed in a Berlin restaurant slash tattoo parlour. I love your tattoos, Pete. I'm on record as <laughs> saying I don't even Put know what that means. <laughs> it was a restaurant slash tattoo parlour in Berlin okay. that I had a... To be honest, it was a pretty naff tattoo. <laughs> Okay. So. But it's on your skin, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, mm. it is. I don't mind. Skin. In yeah. my skin. Yeah. yeah. But there, there was just, there was, uh, there was I mean, obviously the, the story is uh, important to say, Jim, but there was a tattoo of a Premier League player on somebody's thigh, and I thought Pete Donaldson. I'm we having it. We need your comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need your comments. Two thumbs up. In, in, indeed. Um, it, it's hard to think that Liverpool were top of the league in November mm-hmm. because they are not going very well. Of course, 13 points behind Chelsea. At the moment, um, Spurs nine points behind Chelsea, but you, I've been, Liverpool Spurs have win games. Yeah, they do. Well, yeah, uh, but <laughs> quietly, only, and only, no one talks about uh, it. Only a little more than Liverpool, though, because well, Liverpool haven't won a league game this year. They haven't, Jim. But Liverpool have got a good record, as everybody says, because it's true against those uh, other teams in the top six. Mm. So that's why this is one is a hard one to call because on the form book uh, and so on and so forth, you'd say Spurs have surely got this, yeah. but then Liverpool are pretty decent. But I, I think about that as well. But Pochettino is a very versatile tactician, and I wonder if he'll look at how Liverpool have been playing and actually just just have Spurs kind of contain them and hit them on the break. Just see if the simple what, simple as that. See, see if the simple part of uh, you know see if that simple tactic works against them for the first say half hour of the game. And then if not, switch it up and it's been working for teams in the last month, though, hasn't exactly. it? So that that, that um, I mean that's that about <clears throat> Liverpool not winning the game in in 2017. Spurs, I think, have league lost, game. Yeah, Spurs, I think, have lost one league game since the 26th of November, mm. and they're still nine points behind Chelsea. So that gives you a measure of how well Chelsea are doing. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, th- I think Spurs will get some joy in this game down the flanks. Probably, I think. I think Klopp's got a. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that Rose might not be able to make it, but I know Davis started there last time out. But, well, and Lovren but, is a doubt for for. And, and, and exactly, and that's that's mm. a key that's a key point as well because Harry Kane's obviously fantastic, and Eriksson's probably been Spurs' best player this season, and he's, and he's capable, more than capable, of opening that lock for Liverpool, especially when Liverpool defensively aren't that good. But what I wanted to say was that Carl Walker down the right is is clearly a fantastically quick yes. attacking fullback who's also adept at defending, and I think Klopp's got a decision to make with with who he plays at left back, with, whether it's Milner, this sort of solid but fairly slow operator, or whether he matches <coughs> pace for pace and goes with Moreno who. Is a bit questionable going going backwards. Mm. I don't know. I think Milner could do a job on it because remember when Danny Alves said 
the most annoying opponent yeah. ever played face was James Milner. Everywhere yeah. he went, he went just, no, that may have been a few years just ago. Just whip the ball in from deep and Mignolet will drop it and was on that somebody. That's another consideration. Does he go for Carrius? I mean, I would have thought that he'll probably stick with Mignolet until the rest of the season. Historically, he's done that, hasn't he? He's not kind of dropped anyone immediately after a yeah, big well, old spill. Sure, I mean, there, there, there was talk big that... Spill. <laughs> there was talk that uh, Mignolet and Sturridge as well might leave in the summer. Mm. Uh, but but all, all this talk of transfers, just to cut in there, all this transfer mm. talk is, uh, seems to... I mean, because there was talk that Sturridge would move on, and there's talk that Mignolet might move mm-hmm. on. All that, as far as I can see, has come from Mick, Mickey Quinn, mm-hmm. of all people, who yeah, gave yeah. an interview to The Sun and said that he thought that um, Klopp was going to be giving a load of money to sign these new players, including Joe Hart and, mm-hmm. I think, was it Aubameyang? Aubameyang they were going to yeah. go after. Um, it's, worth, it's worth remembering that, you know, I think Ronnie Whelan, who's obviously a le- an ex-Liverpool player, said in November that Klopp's going to spend a load of money in January and nothing actually of happened. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only difference b- between sort of... I suppose it's a bit different at the end of the season, but but Klopp's got a, clearly got a lot more um, control and a lot more autonomy over transfers and policy and stuff at Liverpool than Brendan Rodgers had. Mm-hmm. I read a, I read an interesting piece um, by one of the Liverpool fan sites which said that um, Brendan Rodgers was seen as a manager to implement um, the ownership's vision. Yeah. they've actually torn that up a little bit and get, mm. or torn that up in, entirely and given that to, mm. to Klopp to actually do his own thing now. And it might actually be that in January. He didn't find anyone that he wanted. Mm-hmm. So it could happen, but I'm just saying a lot of that has come from the Sun via Mickey Quinn. I don't know what Mickey Quinn's contact's like. They <laughs> yeah. might be great. I, don't, I just don't <laughs> yeah. know. I'm just saying so a, lot's been, a lot's been made like, of that, yeah. but it might just be... Um, it was written by the, the Sun's deputy digital sports editor or something from yeah. Mickey Quinn. So it's not like it's a hugely reliable it's, it's source like, necessarily. Regardless, sorry, Pete, of where it comes from, though, um, it, it, they do seem too obvious moves. I think Sturridge is becoming a bit of a hindrance now, isn't he, in terms of what, the expectation versus what you know they're actually mm-hmm. getting from him and they might do better to just sell him on they probably won't get a huge amount from him now because he's, he's very well documented and, and tangibly provable lack of pace has really diminished his game um, and I, I just they need they need someone more reliable in there don't they it's, it's just you know it's un, undeniable really yeah, well he could become a former Liverpool striker yeah, he, soon enough speaking of former Liverpool <laughs> strikers ladies and gentlemen Dibril Cissé mm, has retired yeah. from, from the game um, which is a shame. He hasn't played a game for since 2015. I, I always yeah. liked her. I always liked the yeah, he's a good, good, good player and came back from, I think, two very, very serious injuries. Yeah, did. did he break the, was the same legs, leg? Oh, was it both legs, right? He definitely had two leg breaks. And they were yeah. proper, like, compound fracture really rot as well. They were One like, of them particularly was absolutely horrific. Yeah. Well, yeah. It wasn't it the case that he'd, um, he retired in 2015 and then decided, no, I want to get myself back to fitness and see if I can get back? And, and he hasn't, has basically just decided that he can't. It's a shame. It is a shame. On him. But what I love is, though, that when, um, and some people will be quite sneery saying, no, he's constantly. On his, on his DJ career and a, as a producer and a consultant. He's got a fashion line as well. Neil yeah, Frank, clothing yeah. label. But that, when, you, when you see him and you see him DJing, well, I think he's damn right. It's lovely. Yeah, the when a player not? leaves and they can go into something that there's oh, obviously yeah. a passion. and Beats open in the pub, doesn't it? Which is what <laughs> yeah, exactly. What depends what your passion is. Yeah, but going back to but the game... Going back it was the, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> going back to the game, obviously the first game between these two sides in the league finished 1-0, didn't it? And mm. um, They were quite evenly matched. I, I remember Liverpool being very good in the first half and... and and there was a penalty involved that Milner scored, and then um, Danny Rose equalised. But so they're fairly evenly matched these teams. I think Spurs are a better team, but, but that, I think their record at Anfield is poor. Their record away from home is nowhere near as good as their home record. I think they've got 32 of their 50 points this season at home, mm. um, and and Klopp's record against the the, the top mm-hmm. six sides is actually a good one. So the, the draw here with Bet365 is 23 to 10. So 10 pound returns 33 pound including stake. 
Um, it should be, should be, as you say, a thigh rubber, but you never know, they might cancel each other out. Mm. For mm-hmm. me, at uh, risk of making myself sound like an absolute idiot again, it's got, it's got a draw written all over it. I, right? I think get, you, get your shorts out, however cold, better access to thighs. This is, yeah, this, this is going to be okay. a thigh rubber, I think. Hopefully, well, I hope you're right, Jim. <laughs> mm. yeah, but yeah. My, my favourite thing about um, all of the chats around in this game was um, Adam Lallana said that um, Liverpool were uh, are lacking winners, basically. It's only James Milner that's got the experience of actually yeah. winning trophies. And um, what I loved about it was that apparently they refer to him as Millie. He said, oh yeah, Millie's the only one who's really won anything. Millie. It's incredibly sort of like twee, isn't it? Such, Millie? It's like Spelzy. Well, yeah. Um, Probably said against that, his own wishes as well. On a semi-serious point, I mean... It, Klopp, Klopp has come to Liverpool when they're not really anywhere near the finished article, right? So I think they finished, when he, his first couple of seasons at Dortmund, they finished sixth and I think fifth. Mm-hmm. It took him a while to get going. I mean, so he, he does need time to actually start implementing and bringing the players in that he wants and, and as, as Adam Lallana said, maybe <clears throat> instilling this sort of winning philosophy within them. And, and the, the Premier League's a very, very competitive league. You know, they're, they're, in terms of first eleven and even probably even bench as well, they're light years behind Spurs. Mm. I, I think Spurs are a better side but you know, obviously it doesn't always work out like that on the day. Yeah. And, they, and they are still fifth, very much in contention for Champions League spots. Not, not many of Spurs' squad have, have got that same kind of winning experience though, have they? So it's kind of like, well, Sorry, not you're either hungry or you've won it. <laughs> so... I, 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 I think, yeah, right. you know, one of the things that I remember thinking about after Spurs beat Middlesbrough is like, I think this is probably a, a better win than people are thinking. I, I think Middlesbrough had a chance later on. Than, well, they uh, did, but a lot, of the, a lot of the reports of the match were talking like workmanlike and tough and all that sort of stuff. Mm. You've got to remember, Middlesbrough defensively are very, very good. They, mm. They've got no problem keeping, clean, keeping goals out. I mean, I think, they, I think only United... Um, Spurs and Chelsea have considered fewer goals than them in the Premier League which mm. for, for a promoted side is remarkable so to come yeah. out of that game 1-0 as a win that for me is a very very impressive result yeah I mean you, you are right they've, they've conceded 28 goals this season Middlesbrough the, the team above them Bournemouth have conceded 47 exactly and the team below them Swansea 54 yeah. so it's not a uh, sorry uh, Leicester are below them 41 but and then Swansea 54 you know, mm. you're right so it's not a surprise that Middlesbrough didn't be, weren't able to score against Spurs because they struggled to score but mm. in terms of limiting Spurs to just one goal I don't yeah. think that was I don't think that was hugely surprising of course well, that leads us neatly on to Middlesbrough at home to Everton. I like the fact that Patrick Bamford's gone back to Middlesbrough. He played some of his best football under there. Some yeah. interesting quotes uh, that he said about his time in Burnley. He had a bit Burnley. of a tough time of it, didn't it, under Sean Dyche? He did, yeah. Well, I, I'd heard about this. I mean, obviously, he's still... Uh, he's now on Middlesbrough's books fully. They, they, they've signed him outright, whereas, of course, he was being loaned out yeah. by Chelsea, as a lot of young players are. Mm. And he was at Burnley. It was unsuccessful, and he clashed with Dyche. And Bamford is clearly a well-educated, probably quite a middle-class well-to-do, mm. reasonably well-to-do chap. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, owns acres of land in the northern mm. Scotland or something, but, you know, he's not from the same or similar stock that a lot of footballers are from, and some people have this inverted snobbery that exists in football. Mm. It's which was spoken about very articulately in Simon Cooper's book, Why England Lose, about how yeah. England, England as a footballing nation are very, very poor at embracing the middle classes, yeah. and Patrick Bamford, as far as I know, is, is yeah. very much um, one of those. Well, yeah. Graham Lasso is another one, yeah. you know. Yeah. Reads yeah. the Guardian and goes to the theatre. So so I've seen Patrick Bamford play live um, a couple times. I saw him once for Palace, and he looked to me like... A, Almost like he was too good for the championship, but maybe mm-hmm. not quite good enough for the Premier League, purely due to confidence. I mean, mm-hmm. he's one of those players, a bit like uh, his demeanour, is very much like some of those other players, you see, like, like uh, Mesut Ozil. Like, mm-hmm. He's yeah. quite slopey shouldered. Yep, yep, yep. If it's not going for him, it's very easy for the more sort of unthinking football fan to really get on his back, which, of course, for a striker is the last thing they need. Exactly, and and yeah. Bamford had a terrible time of it at Palace as well. Um, and when I saw him play for them, I thought, he's got ability, he's got, got a nice touch. I think he was, was the player of the season in the championship once. Right, know, okay. or he was certainly up there. He, he was had a superb season with Middlesbrough. But you're right about the confidence thing, because you know he said that Sean Dyche told him that because he came through at Chelsea, 
which, by the way, is an incredible achievement. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. But according to Dyche, um, who, who, who I like largely, but he said, according to uh, Dyche, he came through at Chelsea because of that and because of his kind of middle class upbringing, he'd never had to work for anything in his life. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, but if you come through at Chelsea, is that not a bit of an achievement? If you're a professional footballer, is it not? A, you don't sorry, really have the option, do you? Say, really? It's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's that inverse snobbery, isn't it? It that, is that completely. Just sort of permeates a lot it's of the right, game. It's, right. it's only one side of the story, I suppose. Yeah, Look at him with his nice, smooth voice. Like syrup it is. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. But actually, um, Bamford, uh, I should say, having said that, all that about Chelsea, he came through at Nottingham Forest, um, where he was said he was cleaning toilets and scrubbing floors. You know, back in those it's days. All right, Patrick. You don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's we right. Believe yeah. you. Don't have to, you know. <laughs> but I, I mean, I mean, the problem is, for the we just touched on. They don't score enough goals, and, and is Patrick Bamford going to be the answer to that question? You would probably think probably not. not. No, but mm. it'd be great. It'd be great if he was, wasn't it? Because he, he does need to sort of do it in the Premier League now. I think he's at that stage. He's, he's done it in the Championship. He's had a couple of moves that haven't quite worked out. And it'd be nice to just see him get a run of games and see him build his confidence and, and see see what he can do at this level because mm. he's he's not really um he's just not done it yet has he and it, no, it really does feel like as you say Luke it is a confidence thing that 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 striker that is capable at this level is in there but come on Come on, Borough fans, yeah, give him the support stop, stop he needs. Stop waxing your moustache, get off your penny farthing <laughs> and do it. Jim Campbell is saying, Posh come boy. on. <laughs> I'm, keen, I'm keen to see how Everton get on this guy. I, th- I think you know, they started off really well, obviously, and then a bit of a blip from sort of you know, September through to sort of early December, mm-hmm. and then they seem to be back on form again. Yeah, yeah. I really like, um, we talked a bit about Lukaku as well earlier in the week and how great he was at the weekend. I really like their midfield options now. They've got Everton. great I mean, midfield options. If you look yeah. at all the players they've got across that midfield, Barkley, Balassi, uh, Adrissa Gay, who's having a good season, uh, Barry, Schneidlin, who I've just signed, yeah. Tom Davis, who's... Mm-hmm. who's was vote, we voted fans player of the, the month I think this yeah, I month think so. so he's doing well Morales, McCarthy, Lennon um, Adele Lookman who they signed from Charlton mm-hmm. a lot of options you can see they what, really do. the thing about um, Everton under Koeman is he's not been there long and it's going to take a bit of a while but do, can you see what Koeman's doing and I think you absolutely can and, yeah. and they're going to get a few odd results and they're going to struggle a little bit here and there but I think I'd be very very confident if I was an Everton fan what Koeman's doing there mm-hmm. he's getting more um, numbers in that midfield yeah, and, all, and across across but different types yeah. of players, different levels of experience. That's and right. um, speaking of Everton, though, did you see the ex Everton uh, player Royston Drenter? Have you seen? Oh, what's he been up to? Uh, go on, oh. he's an interesting one. So for those who don't remember him, he was like a really, um, a really, really uh, top prospect in Holland, and he came. Through he's with, a classy player, of our he, he, was, he was signed for Real Madrid. Madrid. He, did he, play was, for Real Madrid, he was at Real Madrid yeah. for a season yeah. or two, and um, and he, he, he wound up at Everton on loan for a while. He's not doing much now, but what he's just done is um, recorded a hip hop tune uh-huh. under the alias. Royer Two Faces. Oh. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. I heard it. I listened okay. to it earlier. Okay. It's called Paranoia, and as far as I can make out, it's the first release he's, he's had since 2012. So he's got form for this. Um, <laughs> and the, the first song he released uh, is called Tack Tacky, um, which is also really terrible, mm. uh, but which translates to uh, Yes This in in Polish. Oddly, in Dutch, I couldn't mm. find out what it meant. Okay. But um, yeah, so he's keeping busy. His music is really, really bad. <laughs> to the point of where, like, he raps, the most recent song, he raps in a mixture of Dutch and English. But the English stuff seems to be just the cliche stuff that maybe doesn't translate in Dutch. Right, okay. So it's just like all the swearing stuff and all the women bits and all the guns and that sort of stuff. He does that in English. <laughs> right. So it makes for quite an odd listen. <laughs> does he sing in like an American accent? Has he, sing, has he, has he gone no, really UK hip hop? No, really Dutch oh, accent. Right, okay. yeah, really <laughs> Dutch accent, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to check this out. I love a, I love a mental rapper. Roya, you know. Roya Two Faces on, the, on, the, on YouTube. He's not, he's not actually that old. 
I, I think he was playing out in somewhere in Eastern Europe. He's not. He's not that old. He, I think he'd be about twenty-eight, something like that. There's <laughs> so many like um, so many footballers seem to be doing this now. Like Jibril Cisse with his with his career in Aubameyang had a song out a little while ago. Didn't yeah. he? I love this. They're getting so rich now. It's like yeah, I'll, I'll just be a musician for the rest of my life. I don't care if anyone likes it. I'm Andy, build a studio Cole. in my house. Andy Cole had a tune, yeah. an outstanding he, tune. Andy mm. Cole was ahead of the game. Well, <laughs> way ahead of the curve. Man. <laughs> Andy Cole's doing this in the nineties. <laughs> Anyway, going back to the game, Everton are eleven to ten to uh, to pick up an away win here. So ten pound with bet three six five uh, returns twenty one pound, including stake. Right then, let's have some emails from Pete Donaldson. Yeah, once again, it's been a bumper week for oh, emails, so we're, so we're kind of spreading them out a little bit. We're going to do the most famous footballing rambler yeah. at the end of the show, but Ooh. we'll do some non-famous footballing rambler emails right well, now. It's, it's the rambler who's played to the highest level of football. Yeah, right? not necessarily be, be famous. I'm trying to brand it. Yeah, trying to <laughs> brand it up. Yeah. Oh, uh, is it a sponsorship opportunity? <laughs> Get in touch, guys. Um, Jack Beverly says, "Wagwan, guys. Uh, given how much you usually discuss being annoyed with players who don't celebrate against their former clubs, I was surprised that Kyriakos Papadopoulos didn't get a mention in Tuesday's show. Didn't there's a reason it. for that, Jack. To yeah. be honest, his name, his name is really hard to pronounce. <laughs> Even if Marcus did see that, there's no way he's putting that in the running order. Uh, on January the seventh, Papadopoulos uh, signed for Hamburg from Bayer Leverkusen. I can't say Leverkusen. Uh, just a little over two weeks later, he faced his former side and headed the winner for the much unfancied Hamburg before celebrating with a fist bump and a bloody massive knee slide. Nice stuff, but made all the sweeter by the fact that he had only just signed for Hamburg on loan and is still technically being paid by Leverkusen. Yeah. Straight out of the Lamar Luwalawa yeah. textbook of hurt. That's, hurt us. that's one of the greatest ever Bobby Robson quotes. He's, he's, <laughs> he's hurt, hurt us today. Uh, if celebrating a winner against your current employees with a knee slide doesn't sum up the kind of incident the football ramble wants to report and I don't know what does, didn't want to let it slip through the cracks. Keep Testify. Good work. Well, yeah. that's, well, that's why we've got you, mate. You can do it for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you very much for getting involved, everyone. Uh, right. Andre Moynihan, a uh, listener here from New Zealand. Not such a highlight, but more of a tribute here to the passing of New Zealand football captain and legend Steve Sumner. The attacking mm. midfielder captain the All Whites to their first ever World Cup in 1982. A massive achievement for anyone. A massive achievement for, for, yeah, for yeah. the team. Now, uh, to be fair, the team had to endure a gruelling 15-match qualifying schedule in which they covered 90,000 kilometres. They even have to play in a uh, Southern Death Playoff Dreams tournament in Spain, eventually going 921 minutes without conceding a goal. Sumner also became the first Oceania player to score in the World Cup in the side's 5-2 loss to Scotland and in 2010 he was inducted into the FIFA Order of Merit against Johan Cruyff he was an inspirational leader a wonderful human being and he was positive right throughout his illness which eventually took him well before his time R.I.P. Steve Sumner worth mentioning he was born in England and played for Blackpool's youth team before mm. migrating to New Zealand yeah, he's, he's, he's a legend in New Zealand I remember there was a, a football club I played for in New Zealand there was a, a poster of him on the, on the wall of the clubhouse yeah, yeah. hang on are you chucking yourself in the email no, no I'm just saying <laughs> well, I thought I'd mention it because you're yeah. a big fan of New Zealand yeah. Um, right, going on to Vicious email. Hello, Vish. Hello, Ramblers. Uh, after Pete mentioned during the previous show that his hatred of Tim Cahill had mellowed slightly, it got me thinking about my friend's dad, who, by contrast, developed a hatred of a player from his own club that grew exponentially. The club in question is Blackburn Rovers. The player was cumbersome, sometimes dive bomber, Chef Kikuki. Oh, yeah. Is it Kikuki? Ah. Chef Kikuki. Yeah, 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 Chef Kikuki. He played for Newcastle briefly he's for about fin- five matches. He's a Finnish striker. Yeah, he's yeah. Got, no, uh, was he Finnish or was he? Right. Finish, he has yeah. a fascinating kind of... God, he, he looks like one of those... Blokes, for those who can't picture him, who's never been young. Yeah. yeah. It looks like his face has been carved out of granite. He, he, know, I or think... he was sort of just born in some sort of rock formation. He just yeah. sort of 
cracked out of it one day. Yeah, he, he escaped like a, a civil war, I believe, in, right. in one country and sort okay. of managed to migrate. Um, my mate's dad, a proper football man, trademark, has been a Blackburn <laughs> fan since the 60s, experiencing the highs and lows with good grace. He once told me that he saw it as his duty as a supporter to encourage and he would never slate or berate his own players or manager while in the stands, uh, partly due to his doctor telling him that he developed <laughs> high blood pressure. Instead, he'd save the effing and blinding for the car ride home until the first year of Chef Kikuki. <laughs> After a host of woeful performances in his first season, my mate's dad was ticking, and eventually he lost his rag. During a rare display of competence, Kuki, after coming on as a substitute with Blackburn, desperate for a goal, managed to round the opposition keeper in front of the home end and had an easy finish on. Somehow he conspired to miss. He fell in a heap in front of my mate's dad, who was sat just in front. Struggling to keep it together, he stood up and pointed at Kuki, who looked right back at him and shouted, You wanker! <laughs> Kuki's face dropped as he watched this irate fan storm out with 20 minutes to go. On the drive home, he vowed he would never watch Kuki play in a Blackburn shirt again. A promise he kept superbly. In future matches, whenever Kuki came on as a sub, he would leave and listen to the rest of the game in the car. Often <laughs> often oh offering goodness. often offering a cursory, I'm sorry lads, I just can't do it, to his three sons who attended the game with him. It got to the stage that whenever the fourth official's board went up with Kuki's number, the rest of the row were conditioned to stand up to allow my mate's dad to leave. This culminated oh. in a rather spectacular moment when, having just walked through the turnstiles at 2.30pm, the ground announcer at Ewood Park in the news of a late change due to an injury sustained in the warm-up. My mate's dad bowed his head, turned around and walked straight back to his car. Oh my <laughs> wow. goodness. Fantastic. Incredible. I mean, that's, that's how commitment. you hate your player like a pro. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You should be inspired I'm by embarrassed that. by that. <laughs> so, vicious mate's dad, fantastic stuff. And, and finally for now, Tobias Lilia Blood, uh, I have a problem with the podcast and I need your help, guys. Sometimes during the commercial break there is a fellow saying something like, hi, Linford Grimes here and you're listening <laughs> to the Football Ramble. <laughs> <laughs> I have Googled this name, and even though I'm not a native English speaker, I don't think that a village in the Breckland district of Norfolk is able to produce such a sentence, even in your wacky podcast. I also don't think that Linford Christie has received a speech impediment that has stopped pronouncing his name uh, correctly. I have been looking into this for some time, and I can't find the person who he <laughs> is. Hey, are you so telling p- me we've got a listener who's never heard of Linford Grimes? <laughs> he's, a, he's a legend. Oh, he's a legend. Yeah. Look hard Grimes. on the internet. Yeah, you must be spelling it wrong. I'm, yes. I'm not going to help you. So please let me know. I would very much like to fall asleep again as this is consuming all my free time. Thank you, Tobias Lilia Blood. Let's leave that there. Let's leave that there. I'm, I'm not putting that man out. Linford Grimes. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. Great player. Pop, he, like, popular with the fans. Real servant. Fan, fan, fan favourite. Was it the 1954 FA Cup? Yeah. Get an education. Oh, Oh, we're going to talk more about football and that after this. Hi, I'm Linvoy Primus, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. Hi, I'm Linvoy Primus, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show, everybody. Oh, yes, it's good to be back with you. Um, back to the Premier League. Burnley versus Chelsea. Sean Dyche. The man who hates the middle classes <laughs> up against Chelsea. Yeah. The people oh. who embrace the middle classes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Unless they're trying to get on a tube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not inclusive in many respects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, will, this will be a real test of Burnley's absolutely superb home record. Yeah, almost magical home record. Yeah. It's like there's a spell on, on Turf Moor, isn't Chelsea, it? Chelsea, since they switched to three at the back, have only lost one game, I think, in the league, and that was against Spurs, oh, who also mm. went to three at the back. As far as I can make out, um, Sean Dyche has never played three at the back in his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> he, probably, he probably thinks three at the back is like foreign muck. I'll tell you what that is, that's PC Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that, a middle-class formation yeah. to me. That's <laughs> Linford Grimey. Yeah. Sprinkle some herbs on it and I'm oh, done with it. If I had Linford Grimes to play sweeper... <laughs> <laughs> Literally picking on a listener. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you read the email out! I did! It reminded me to, 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 um, to bring um, Arsenal fans back down to earth as well, because when, when Wenger talked about um, the title race not being over, I presume he meant Spurs have a chance, because Chelsea have only dropped 13 points all season. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not really going to drop another yeah. 12, are well, they? Well, Vega wants the Arsenal fans to be more like the Spurs fans, isn't he? Yeah, you? I know, Well, exactly. we're looking ahead to next season, so we already know. Oh, yeah. no, but back to the Burnley versus Chelsea. Antonio Conte has said that his players having blind faith in his methods well, has led to. them you'd, to you'd where they to are this I mean, season, yeah. As far as I can make Don't out... Don't disagree with him. No, as far as I can make out, <laughs> well, the, the biggest sort of challenge to his, to his, his managerial tenure this season has been this Costa situation, where it looks like he's just completely... Outmentaled him, yeah, alpha it. mailed him, <laughs> and now there's no more being said about it. Uh, when, when when he had that debate with Costa, and then Costa was off for a one game with a back injury. It's like, <laughs> I can imagine the end of that conversation. Conte went right. Do you understand? And Costa just went, yeah. He went right. Now we're going to say you've got a back injury. <laughs> going to be off for a you, week. You've wound your neck so far into your body it's hurt your back. <laughs> yeah. Did he not say that? Did Conte not say like quite calmly? Diego and I had some words, and after I finished shouting at him, he agreed with me. It was something <laughs> to that effect, you know. But but I do think Burnley's record at home needs. to to be respected. I mean, uh, Michael Keane has been a fantastic mm -hmm. uh, servant for this. He season. really has one of the most underrated players in the league this season, I would say. So it will test, obviously, obviously test Burnley's sort of defensive capabilities at home to the limit. Yeah. But they're a well-drilled side. You can see them frustrating Chelsea. Is Chelsea, the, unsurprisingly, though, do have the best um, away record in the league? I think it's, I think they've got twenty-six points. Yeah, Chelsea are not going to respect that backline. <laughs> so we should, but they won't. Is yeah. this the occasion for Joey Barton? Well, I think he could go out and mix things up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Listen, I would pay. I would pay good money. Uh -huh. to see Barton slotting at centre-back just to see how much he can wind up down no, I, Look, look oh. ten minutes in, red card. I'm making a prediction. Yeah, I'm putting... Yeah. I'm Pete, ten minutes in, red card for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly both of them. <laughs> oh. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a neutral here. I can't wait for that. I would, I would say to Barton, because Barton, you would imagine, he would love a challenge and he would love to, to show everybody that one of the most talked about players in the league this season is maybe not as good as he thinks he is. <laughs> and I'd say Barton, on Kante, 
say for the whole game. Where he oh. goes, you so, go. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody imagine say, it, imagine it. He, after ten minutes, if he's that knackered. man. Yeah, I yeah. know. Just he hasn't played that much football. Yeah. Sorry, cramping yeah. muscles he didn't know he had. Yeah. Marcus, idea. It'd be a red card. Your idea of tactics <laughs> is to put. How old is Barton now? Thirty-four. <laughs> yeah, thirty-four. Thirty-four-ish year old Joe Barton on the most, probably the most energetic midfield player in the whole of Europe. Somebody sent me a great um, a video clip of uh, David Batty tearing it up against Sampdoria in a yeah. pre-season friendly. Have you seen it? It's beautiful. I, I saw the link. I didn't actually. It's watch a masterclass of a man just brought on a field to kill people <laughs> <laughs> and then laugh it off because it's a pre-season friendly. It doesn't matter. Wow! Uh, you can oh, imagine man. him like just standing over victims, going, <laughs> <laughs> "Bring him on! He'd have a game." <laughs> he never <laughs> liked to train. He liked the matches. David Batty was he not? Um, did in the in the afternoon did he go and do like a load of handyman? Yeah, he did, he did, yeah. No. we said it before. Like, he didn't, like, he didn't like um, him and, um, proper football. Stuart Pearce was a, was a, was a famous, yeah. fa- Sparky. Famous, famous electrician. Yeah, that's fair though. I like that. Alan mm. Pardew, a plasterer as well. No, he was a window fitter, wasn't right. he? Yeah, some sort of window fitter. But uh, Burnley and uh, ter- their tremendous home record of fifteen mm. to two uh, with bet three six five to uh, to beat Chelsea. So ten pound would return eighty five pound, including stake. Be a brave bet. It would be very. As I said to you before, their home record must be respected. But then Conte claims to have turned Chelsea from an ugly duckling into a swan this season. Mm. Well, he has done. Dig, isn't it? He has. He has done. It is, it is a bit a robust. Dig, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a factual <laughs> dig. The best kind I mean, of dig. You, you called uh, the, the Premier League title for Chelsea uh, just this week. So you know, just you, this you, week. You clearly agree, me old pal. Indeed, I do. They're <laughs> going to take that crown from Leicester City or away mm. to Swansea City. Oh, I right. can't believe you didn't do the ugly duck to the swan for Swansea. I thought it was too obvious. Come on, no, you didn't. <laughs> You're slowing up, mate. Yeah. Oh. I've heard your links. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Ranieri's made a more positive result against Derby. Yes, they. they, yeah. they Although it took them a while to beat them. But they, they still beat them. They were the, well, they were the better side in extra time. I think we could probably all, all agree on that. Mm. I mean, it was, it's always going to be a tough game. It's a, it's a derby against, you know, a, well, it's a local derby against yeah. a, a side um, who, who are pushing for promotion. But both mm. teams made a lot of changes in that game. They I was did. actually impressed with quite a lot of derby players who, came, who, who slotted in there. I thought they, did, they played they, well. They did play very well. Indeed, he got a nice winner. He did. For uh, Leicester, which is good to see one of their signings do something quite good. Do you know on. what? I, I think, Leicester, as I said on Monday, Leicester are sleepwalking into something terrible here. And yeah. I, 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 Speaking of three at the back earlier with, in the context of Chelsea and Burnley, I wouldn't be averse to seeing Leicester go three at the back. You mm. know? I think it would give them a... What, what, what they look like they're doing for me is that they're, they're not amply protecting the, the, their, their centre-backs. And Morgan yeah. and Hood look like they've not got the intensity. They've aged overnight. Yeah. If they could <laughs> slot... If they could slot um, Amati in there, yeah. who plays centre back for Ghana in the African Cup of Nations, he's still young, he's got a lot of energy. If he played in there and they had either Huth or Morgan sweeping up, mm. um, and they've got they've got Simpson maybe they've got they've got um, players who can play you hold me for anyway. They've got oh, sorry, um, I thought you were they've got Mendy backs, and, and Didi who could play centre yeah. for anyway, and they could f- fill that gap. I think they might look a lot more solid because mm. I mean their recent record in the Premier League is absolutely incredible, it's, it's incredibly bad. They've, I yeah. think they've conceded ten in their last four Premier League games. I've scored none in their last five. Well, you think, imagine think, sort, of, sort of pushing players up a little bit might kind of give the other team something to think about which they haven't for the past few yeah. few weeks it just looks so kind of dull well there was a big a big talk about Damari Gray of course who was man of the match he was excellent <clears throat> scored a great goal and so you know just give him a run out yeah, in the team he can't get any worse yeah, well, it's, it's actually a brilliant result for Leicester because it's um, you know it's a it's just encouraging that they can get a result like that over a decent championship team for, for next year, isn't it? <laughs> um, and like, I think the, the problem, like, the, the very weird thing about this is, like, you, you look at it and 
if Leicester weren't reigning champions, you'd, you'd back Swansea all day. It's this mm. really weird situation. Then you take a step back and think, yeah, I'd probably still back Swansea on this. Yeah, well, Leicester haven't won a game away all season. They haven't won a game in the Premier League. That's absolutely ridiculous. And Sigurdsson, Sigurdsson's in great form and is obviously very dangerous from set pieces. And with the way Hooth and, and Morgan in particular are playing, they are very plodding and clumsy. You'd imagine they'll, they'll give him chances from there. The, the, the situation is very odd because I, I talk about them not having the intensity from what I've seen. And they look like they've, not got, they've lost a yard of pace overnight. But last season, if you guys remember... They were they weren't welcoming it, but they were ably dealing with any box into the any ball into the box, mm, any ball yeah. from down the flank into the box. Morgan yeah. or Hoover were eating them they up were, every yeah. single game. Now they just seem to be in absolute disarray at the back. It's very very strange. It, it almost. I don't want to get on the backs too much because they're Ryan champions, but to me, it's almost unprofessional. They're shirking responsibility. Yeah, no, they are. Unprofessional is absolutely right. It's like we were saying, they've, they've bought into this narrative of, oh, there's no way we can repeat what we did last season. But that doesn't mean they still can't have a decent season rather like, than this they, absolute shambles. They, they almost seem to be kind of walking towards the stocks and sort of going, well, we're going to get it's dropped them out of the Champions League. Yeah. The, the, the chairman will probably pull a trigger after that and see if we can rescue something out of the scenes. I think they're just waiting for that. And, they're, it's, and, and the, it's not open revolt, but the, Schmeichel seems to be leading something uh, behind the scenes he was very Ranieri. robust in his post-match interview mm. uh, after the week weekend but it's, it's like the season-long equivalent of when you're playing like a Sunday league game and you're winning 3-0 at half time mm. and then the team straight after half time you're playing against score a goal and you think this is happening now for some reason you can't do anything about it it's a nine-month version of that <laughs> <laughs> but um, Leicester are, I mean, speaking of which Leicester are now 9-4 to four with Bet365 to be relegated from uh, this season's Premier League £10 returns, £32.50, including stake. I said, they, they, at the start of the scene, I said bottom half, and that, I should have said relegation. Well, it's annoying. Like, they're flirting <laughs> with, with <laughs> catastrophe. Well, it, it's unlikely that um, the teams, obviously if Swansea beat them, um, they're one of the teams below them, but it's unlikely the three teams in the relegation zone are all going to win on the weekend. But if they did, like, Leicester could be bottom. Mm. But, but, they, but those teams, with the exception of Crystal Palace, mm. all those teams around them are showing something. Yes. Could, I mean, Swansea look... look absolutely different, a different side under mm-hmm, Paul Clement. Yeah. Hull, ditto with Marco Silva. Sunderland have just come off the back of a 4-0 away win. Mm. You know, these teams are, are showing some. Middlesbrough, who are probably a little bit better off, not don't concede goals. Yeah. So th- there's, there's a reason to get behind or make, make an argument for other teams around them to be safe and to yeah. do okay. Leicester, the trajectory is horrific. I just wonder with Leicester that they... they they got a, a few wins early on. They obviously, that one most notable against Manchester City. And I just wonder if they thought... Oh, we, we'll just we won't bother with the league because we, we will be okay. <laughs> well, I think they're good enough. Whatever. Well, no, I, do, I don't know about that. I just think that you're right. I think they might think to themselves subconsciously, we're not going to win the league. We're not going to get into the Champions League. So let's not bust a gut in the league. Let, let's obviously Champions League. Um, let, let's go for that because clearly their form has been much better in that competition. We'll see what happens when it resumes. Of they're course, they're playing soon. severe, aren't they? They are. Well, they'll get knocked out. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> on current form, of course, they'll get annihilated. I could be any sure With Sam Pauli, who's doing a great job at Sevilla, they're having a really good season. I mean, they'll be all over Leicester. It could be embarrassing if they don't sort well, this Sevilla out. Sevilla will want to go on the Europa League win that again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but I, I just wonder if that they just sort of think to themselves, oh, you know, we, we amassed, you know, 20, 21 points or something like that before some of these other sides have. We've got enough in the bank for now, so we'll, we'll see to that and see how we go in the Champions League and if we're March, maybe we need a couple of wins. And it's kind of like, oh, crap, hang on a minute. Yeah. And, and you need that urgency and yeah. maybe it'll take them going into the relegation zone for everybody to look at each other and go, you didn't realise what's going on here, guys, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then they might start I, to I've try heard, and get some results. I've tonight. heard one or two people say that they, they almost subconsciously have so much bought into this massive story 
story, this mm. massive narrative about them, the attention that's brought them, yeah. that they almost don't even realise they're doing it, but they are almost like subconsciously sweet sleepwalking into relegation yeah, as the happen. final chapter in this remarkable That would be story. a strange thing. Well, listen, <laughs> I said sub- subconsciously other people have mentioned the Blackburn had a few seasons before they went down. <laughs> they did, but there was, a, there was an article, I think it might have been in The Guardian, where um, it was all about it would make Leicester City and the whole story even more legendary if they went down. Are they yeah. thinking about the Alpha Dinner Circle? <laughs> <laughs> right then, Luke, what's our bet of the week? Yes, our bet of the week comes courtesy of listener James Holland this mm. week. He says, Hello, Ramblers. I thought I'd get on the bandwagon of listeners suggesting ideas for your bet of the week. In an attempt to become an official friend of the Ramble, I'd like to suggest that the resurgence <laughs> of Swansea under Paul Clement, Marcus, I'm sure you could pronounce that correctly for us all. <laughs> the Paul Clement. <laughs> <laughs> and the absolute shit show that is Leicester City's title defence, both will continue. I would like to suggest Swansea to win to nil, so hopefully win some money for charity and claim that all-important title of friend of the ramble. If not, I will join the team talk of your shit, your shit, your even shitter, of recent <laughs> bets of the week from listeners. Keep up the good work, James Holland. So Swansea to beat Leicester to nil is 3-1 to one with Bet365, and so our £50 will return £200, including stake, with all proceeds, of course, going to the wonderful Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, you must be over the age of 18 to bet, and please gamble responsibly. And for more information, go to gamblerware.co.uk. Um, I'm having that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Good one, yeah. I, I think it's an all right yeah, one. Yeah, that's, and that's why I chose it. <laughs> and Barton to get sent yeah. off. Um, and Costa. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a few looking ahead to the weekends here before Far I go, away. Before go to Pete, so I'll just, I'll just chip in with those as well. Um, looking ahead to the weekend, uh, Pete Eakin says, I'll be slyly watching the Edinburgh Derby during my mate's wedding. Oof. <laughs> Oh, what, what cool a mate. That's Pete Eakin. So you also <laughs> listen to the show and you're getting married and you're friends with Pete Eakin. That's what he's going to be doing at your nuptials. How Sal- far ahead oh, is Celtic? Same time difference, mate. What? Same time difference. Oh, don't yeah. be naughty. <laughs> same time zone, surely. If we're, if we're being pedants. Yeah, fair it's enough. It's Edinburgh Derby. Yeah. Um, Still, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it's meaningless. <laughs> oh. You hear that, Scotland? Yeah, meaningless. <laughs> probably, can't, probably can't even hear it because all the neeps in your ears. <laughs> Oh dear. Sorry, oh dear. Go on. Oh Kenny dear. Graham, he said, it's a Devon Derby on Saturday with Plymouth in second and extra and fourth and unbeaten in 12 games. And I'm going to be at my friend's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have I got here? Um, <laughs> Drew Heatley, taking my dad to Fulham versus Wigan this weekend. Uh, my brother gave him his ticket on the condition that he stays positive. Not leaving after uh, Shifty Cookie gets brought on. But inevitably, my usually pleasant trip to Craven Cottage will no doubt be punctuated by him moaning about everything from his perceived chronic lack of investment in the club to the cost of a bovril. I fully expect 75% possession, three missed penalties, and then one nil defeat, mm. leaving my dad apoplectic at the state of his club and also <laughs> smug that he was right all along. On the flip side, at least I'll get a free lunch. And, and this final one I've got here from James Kenny. You see, I love this. You guys are going to love this. This is the, this is the comment exactly as it's written okay James Kenny I'm going to see Man United take revenge for humiliating for that humiliating loss at Vicarage Road I will also get to picture, picture the looks on the faces of the fans who thought it was funny to taunt me and my friends in a pub rather than just enjoying the win against a team they have rarely beaten in their history <laughs> <laughs> Chippy. Chippy. James, you sound amazing. Can you please get in touch more often? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Also, I'm, I'm loving this dad behaviour. Yeah. I, I don't know where that's come from. Dad's, at, dad's at football ground. <laughs> wow. Um, should we have some more emails? Yeah, Pete on, yeah. yeah well, we're obviously talking about the subject of uh, Ramble listeners who have played a decent level yes. in football. We've had, we had someone who played for... Crystal um, Palace. Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an FA Cup scoring goalkeeper. Oh, the Crystal Palace one, I forgot to say. Someone tweeted in a couple of days ago saying that um, they think that that guy might not have made his day 
interview. Yeah. <gasps> so just putting it out there. Wow. No, I can't remember his name, but if you're listening, you might want to defend yourself. Because <laughs> we can all email him saying stuff. You know what I mean? Well, We're not check. Yeah. a few people have had a crack, to be honest. Um, Charlie from Chester, please. International Bog Soccer. That's not going in, Charlie. But thank you for your email. Yeah. And you sound made up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve Hicks. Uh, Steve Hicks says hi. I am a Canadian, and my uncle plays top tier MLS. Thanks. Yeah, no, right. Steve, get not out. You. You no, not you. you. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going in, Marcus. Yeah. No, no, no. And we've got a lot of emails to get through, so I, settle in. I was getting involved with the call. Right, okay. Marcus, strap yourself in. Yeah. Right. Uh, a man pretended to be Ipswich Town's Kevin Brew. Oh, oh yeah, I was. Uh, you emailed this to me, Luke, and I was willing to give him a pass because in the email he did slit Luke. No, no. What it was is, is it's an interesting situation because there was a guy who emailed in saying his mate listened, right. and he now plays for Ipswich. On the same day, we got that email. Right, okay. But well, when I, when I looked at the two pictures of the players, it didn't add up. No, and also, have... and also Kevin Brew uh, has such an obvious Levski-Sophia-related email address. It's, it was so obvious. And, uh, they, uh, they just said it up. But fair play yeah. for saying it a fake email address. But can we get the insult to Luke written out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have it. I didn't, I didn't print it out. Oh. Yeah, uh, I see. Yeah, so, uh, Respect. <laughs> hello, hello to Lewis Morris at hotmail.co.uk. He says, I'm Ian Rush. No, you're not Lewis. Uh, <laughs> John, John McNamara reckons Huddersfield Town's Joe Lolly listens, or at the very least gives us pelters on Twitter from time to time. I tried to research this, but I got distracted by Joe's lovely dogs. <laughs> Can I just say, his research, I checked this, was him tweeting James, uh, tweeting Lolly and him not replying. Yeah. I had a look, I had a look, I had a look. Well, no, 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 he's not saying that. I said I researched that. Oh, okay, that, right. But I got distracted by um, Joe Lolly's dogs. Okay, fair enough. Um, Taylor Wilson says, his mate, Daniel Borgard, two appearances for Pompey in the yeah, League Cup. Yeah, that, yeah. Taylor Wilson's a, 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 a prominent ramble listener and Portsmouth yeah. fan right okay yeah. so it could be a possibility then that's that true that guy's hardly a hall of famer though oh yeah but we still a man who's played for your favourite football team my favourite football team <laughs> well <laughs> your favourite football team oh do you like football who's your favourite football team <laughs> um, Daniel Borgard Daniel Borgard also once caught a fellow professional having uh, some self love in a hotel room in Holland yeah, I've, I've deleted that from the email, didn't I? Oh, so, okay, yeah, for, but feel free to put it back in. Yeah, right, you might want to bleep that. Yeah, all right, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, John Collings, not the footballer, makes a good point that in our ad break, uh, the marker says the following, and I quote, Hi, I'm Dion Dublin, and when I'm not playing my dupe, I listen to the football ramble. Yeah, okay. Correct. True. Correct. True. So, good technically, point. he's in. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Well, actually, thinking about it... Um, what about old Linford, uh, old Linford Grimes? Grimes. Sure. Grimes. <laughs> he's, he's up there as well. I thought oh. I'd make that point. Couldn't remember his name. Right. <laughs> right. Mike Hester has ah. got in touch. Right. In the spirit of the pretenders responding to your request for listeners who have purportedly played at a high level, I thought I would volunteer my name. I've been a listener for about seven years. I firmly believe that I have satisfied one of the important criteria that you seek, being a listener. On the football front, my qualifications are, however, a little bit more vague, but given the pedigree or lack thereof of your respondees so far, I should be in good company. And Mike goes on to detail his football career in his 20s. He didn't really have much of one. He didn't play much, but he does go on. In uh, a council grounds to the World Cup stadiums kind of fairy tale, I found myself starting a refereeing career in my late 20s and 10 years later became the first New Zealander to referee at a World Cup when I was appointed to South Korea versus Greece in Port Elizabeth wow. Elizabeth in the 2010 FIFA World Cup in South Africa. Port where, sorry Pete? Elizabeth. <laughs> it's a long email, just shut the fuck up. Alright? It's a long, long email so the words are harder. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing a lot of talking, alright? 
I enjoyed many domestic and international refereeing highlights along the way, such as the 2008 Beijing Olympics, the 2009 Confederations Cup, and the 2009 FIFA Under-17 World Cup, where I controlled a semi-final between Switzerland and Colombia, and I let a then 17-year-old Grant Xhaka wander around the pitch, whacking people without consequence. (laughs) (laughs) Making them jackals. (laughs) The FIFA World Cup in South Africa was obviously a huge highlight, and no small feat for an amateur referee from a country where football is not even the number one sport. My time in refereeing is now over, and I've reverted to just being a fan. I do, however, recount one refereeing story for the amusement of others. I made it a rule not to chip players as a referee. There was, however, one occasion when my natural instincts just took over. I was refereeing a friendly in New Zealand 2007 between Wellington Phoenix and LA Galaxy, featuring one D-Bex. Oh, Mr. Oh, David Beckham. He's referee D-Bex. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. Uh, uh, if you're David Beckham, don't email him. You know, <laughs> not interested. <laughs> Friendlies are the worst matches to control for referees, as they usually are anything but friendly, and uh, players often feel that they've got more licence to misbehave as cards carry little consequence in normal competitions. The first half was a bit of an arm wrestle, and Mr. Beckham felt it necessary throughout the first 45 minutes to assist me with my decision-making. <laughs> As the first half came to an end and the two teams were headed for the tunnel with the result still in the balance, myself and my assistants converged onto the entrance at the same time as Debex. Just as we did so, he turned to me and said, Bad half ref, bad half ref. <laughs> uh, to which I replied, Come on, David, don't be so hard on yourself. You're playing all right. Hey! <laughs> I mean, basic bants. But yeah, it's David, lovely, was, David was still speechless. Get and it I, up, you, David. <laughs> I did not hear too much from him for the remainder of the match. And I've been dining out on that ever since. Good yeah, for you, Mike. Great work. Thank you, Mike Excellent. Hester. Uh, we've got is he the official referee of the round? He can be yes, if he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. this. Um, hello to... Uh, this email is up there, to be honest. Uh, regarding your search for listeners who played at the highest level, I recently introduced my dad to the ramble via the medium of the Football Ramble book. And does that, that doesn't mean listener, though, does it, I guess? Uh, He's if, part of Ramble... If he was reading it out for his dad and his dad was listening, I guess. Yeah. There could be a loophole there. He's in the yeah. sphere. Mm. An ex-professional who had a short spell with Blackburn Rovers in the 80s, as well as numerous scenes with Malmo and an appearance at a European Cup Winners' Cup against Eusebio's Benfica. Oh, wow. Wow. He played in good. Sutton United's famous FA Cup giant killing of Coventry yeah. and is the all-time leading goal scorer for the now-cool Sutton United with 279 goals in 525 games. That's, That's very, very, very good. Yeah, so it is indeed uh, Paul McKinnon's son. Robbie, Robbie right, McKinnon. Right. So we're going to we're going to need to hear from Paul. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I had a little bit of uh, internet stalking. It turns out Robbie's a model. Is he? He's Ooh, in Top Man. Handsome. Oh. He's very handsome. Yeah, nice. We can always I, get a picture I, involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we need a picture of you yeah. and your dad. You being all handsome and him uh-huh. looking all footballery with yeah. the football ramble book, maybe. Your dad with all his old kit on and yeah. you and you and just your pants. Shaking, <laughs> shaking hands with Pele. Oh, not Pele. You save <laughs> you. Save me. Yeah. Uh, right. Finally, for now, hi Ramble Gods. Please don't use my name. Uh, this probably doesn't answer your question at all, but it's. Kind of related to your who's played the highest level question. When I was at university in Philadelphia, I was an intern for the Philadelphia Union Soccer Club. One day, towards the end of my shift, my boss tasked me with delivering a package to none other than Freddie Adu, who was playing playing for the Union at the time, autumn 2012. Fast forward about an hour, I'm in the lobby of his apartment complex, one of the nicest in the city, telling the receptionist that I work for the Union and I have a package for Mr. Adu. She rings up to him and says, Mr. Adu, an intern is here with a delivery for you, to which he responds, cool, send him on up. So I get there, he opens the door, I give him the package. He then invites me to come in and hang out for a bit. At this point, I was freaking out. Fred Yadu isn't the international superstar that many of us Americans hoped he would be, but still being invited in is pretty cool. He turns on his Xbox, hands me a controller, and tells me to get ready for a good battle. I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm about to play FIFA with Fred Yadu. Of course, I chose the Philadelphia Union with uh, Freddie playing up top. He chose Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, I was in control early, up 2 nil after 30 minutes, with Freddie scoring both goals. Real-life Freddie even cracked a joke about how he wished he was clinical like that in real life, which I thought was funny. 
Uh, but I ruined everything a minute later. Around the 40th minute of the match, I scored my third goal and said, too easy. And that was it. Freddie got up, used the remote to turn off the TV and said, I think it's time for you to leave. Oh, oh, Freddie Adu kicked me out of his apartment for a little bit of FIFA gloating. Give him a bit of defending. He was probably only about 17. <laughs> <laughs> 2000 and... Was yeah, it 2002? 2012. Oh, yeah, 2012. Probably yeah. about 17, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there you have it. I didn't play at a high level of football, but I played virtual football against someone who at one point played at a high level of football, <laughs> and I won. I couldn't, so I, thank I you, Anonymous. I can't be the only person in the studio hoping that at one point he was going to say, and we turned the football ramble on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Obviously he didn't. No. To be fair, though, Freddie hasn't really achieved anything, has no. he? He's sort of threatened to. He's bad at FIFA as well. Yeah, didn't he fail to get a deal for Portland Timbers this week? Even Stephen Taylor played there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's the level now. Stephen Taylor's actually come back to England, though, hasn't he? Ipswich. Helping out. Ipswich. Helping out. Helping out. I'll help you out, he said. Freddie I'll, 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 I'll get the cones. I'll sort you against Link and I'll help you out. <laughs> Freddie Adu still achieved more than us in the game. Yes. Right? He's still 27. <laughs> and we're in the bar. The He's not listening, it's fine. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we are. Uh, excellent stuff. Well done, emails. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble Preview Show. Of course, sponsored by Bet365, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mm. That's us. We're out. Say goodbye, Jim. Bye. Say bye, Luke. Goodbye. <laughs> Say goodbye, Pete. Freddie Adu. And it's goodbye from me. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.